The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day and welcome to the Genesis Zone show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy Thursday uh, schedule to join us on this In the Zone segment here at the Genesis Zone show. Uh, just a refresher um, for those of you guys who haven't heard yet, our Tuesday interview series that we're doing with experts is postponed through the summer months uh, just because people are traveling, they're less attentive, and we want to start that back up in the fall. So that's just a little uh, tidbit there, a little housekeeping. But let's dive into today's segment. Have you ever felt like you physically fell apart at the seams, even emotionally fell apart at the seams when you became lonely. Uh, there's good scientific reason for this, and I'm going to explain that in today's episode because loneliness is becoming the new killer on the block. You heard me correct. Loneliness is becoming the new killer on the block literally just published yesterday was a study that was cataloged under the category of psychology. Now, I have to be honest with you. Had I been in charge of cataloging this particular uh, research study, I would have put it under the category of epigenetics. Uh, I'm going to explain why. The study uh, that was published yesterday was a joint study conducted by Duke University in North Carolina and Nihon University in Tokyo, Japan. It was published in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society. Now, this study looked at the impact of loneliness in old age on life and health expectancy. Now, I have an issue with their definition of old age because I'm about to be 52 next week, and they consider old age anything 60 and older. I don't feel old. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in my 20s, to be quite honest with you. So I don't like their definition of old age, but we'll roll with it just for the sake of today's episode. Uh, researchers uh, wanted to be really clear in this study that loneliness is defined as a self-perception phenomenon in which an individual perceives a disconnection from social relationships. Uh, they went on to say that loneliness is distinctly different from social isolation or living alone. In fact, loneliness is purely perceptual, but social isolation is an actual state of being. OK, in other words, living alone in a single person household without any family or friends may not equate to being lonely. But inversely, uh, you know, having a wide social network, frequently interacting with friends or family or even living with family or friends need not mean that an individual does not feel lonely. So loneliness is purely perceptual. Now. Let's get back to the study. Um, I'd like to point out that previous research with over 2,000 study participants noted that 34% of people 60 years of age and older perceive themselves as being, quote unquote, lonely. 
that's a third of people 60 and over who have a self-perception that I am lonely. But in this particular study, findings show that people age 60 who perceive themselves to be either quote unquote, sometimes lonely or mostly lonely can expect to live three to five years less on average compared to their peers who perceive themselves as never lonely. Now, the study didn't get into great detail as to how people died, okay? It wasn't, it wasn't that type of study, but what they were doing is they were, it was a longevity study, and they were looking to see whether or not people who felt lonely lived shorter lives. Uh, interestingly, the study also concluded that people aged 60 and older with the self-perception of being sometimes lonely or mostly lonely, uh, lonely spent less of their remaining life in good health or being active. So in other words, not only were they living shorter lives, but the years that they had left to live were not healthy or well or wellness oriented years. Now, clearly the goal of this study was to quantify or measure the problem of loneliness and the impact that loneliness has on those 60 and older and, and to bring this into light. But they didn't answer the question that's burning in everyone's mind is, why is this happening? Why is this phenomenon occurring in the first place? Uh, I think the answer lies in epigenetics. In fact, I know the answer lies in epigenetics. I'm just going to throw that out there. And I know what you're thinking, Dr. Brian, you're taking a big leap here. But I, my argument for that is maybe I am and maybe I'm not. Let's look at what the research says. You know, if you've listened to my previous uh, show episode, episode seven, which is titled, Can Your Thoughts Reprogram Your Genes? Uh, and if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Amazing. I outlined some research that talks about the fact that our thoughts actually can reprogram our genes. And we're starting to see that in the research. So if, if you if you've listened to that, then you know my views on mindset work, uh, meditation, mindfulness on the impact of your genes, uh, because I follow the research and I see that impact clinically. So but while in preparation for a recent symposium lecture that I gave several months ago, I found an amazing study that was published by the National Academy of Sciences here in the United States. In a nutshell, researchers in the National Academy of Sciences study found that there was an increased expression of genes involving inflammation and a decreased expression of genes involving immune function response in the study participants who self-identified as being lonely. So this was a loneliness study, but they were looking at why. Why is this happening? Why is this phenomenon happening? We're aware that research is showing us that people who are lonely live shorter lives, but why is this happening? So this research, the researchers hypothesized that it was epigenetic in nature. And guess what? They were right. They found that those bad genes that control inflammation were um, that needed to be cut off, the switches were actually cut on. So instead of having low inflammation or controlled inflammation, 
loneliness actually cut the switches on and ramped up inflammation. Now, on the flip side of that, when it comes to immune function, these were good switches that were supposed to be cut on. And with loneliness, those switches got cut off and the immune system began to decline. So we'd have this upregulation and in inflammation and this downregulation in immune function. Now, in case you didn't know, an increase in inflammation and a decrease in immune function is the basis for most every disease on the planet. Cancer, diabetes, heart disease, the list goes on and on and on. Inflammation is always involved. The immune system is always involved. And it's always a seesaw reaction. Inflammation goes up, immune system goes down, and we have a disease state. Okay. So that is the basis for every illness known to man. So could this be the cause of lonely people living shorter lifespans by three to five years? I think it's a distinct possibility that it could be. In fact, if I were a betting man, I'd say it's one of the largest contributing factors. Now, the cool thing is this. If epigenetics are the true root causes of shorter lifespan in lonely people, my further hunch is this, that in time, we will find even more evidence in the epigenome to support this phenomenon. In other words, we're going to find more epigenetic links, more of these switches that are cut on that need to be cut off, and we'll find more switches that are cut off that need to be cut on. So we're going to start discovering this over time. But now I want you to take a deep breath, because this was a lot of macabre, I don't know a better way of putting it, but rather macabre information, talking about death, talking about declining health, and talking about loneliness and aging. I mean, it's just kind of Debbie Downer, isn't it? But here's the good news. Did you know that we can now look at your genetics, your epigenome, and see what your tendency for immune dysfunction is? And what's your tendency for high inflammation is or inflammation management? It sounds crazy, right? You know, some people are genetically predisposed for higher inflammation. So I, I, again, if I'm a betting man, I will suspect that in coming years when we're doing genetics or epigenetic research, we will find that the people who lived shorter years, you know, the, the longer, shorter periods, like five years, seven years, 10 years, because it all fell on a bell curve. The average was just three to five years shorter life. But we will find those people who really cut their years short were already genetically predisposed for either higher inflammation or lower immune system, or my hunch is the combination of both. Now, we don't have that research to back us up right now. We need to be doing that level of research because I believe that we are on the cusp of a paradigm shift in, in healthcare, in wellness care, where epigenetics will, will become the, the, the front line, the first line approach to understanding a person. It will be as routine as checking a complete blood count or complete metabolic panel, which is what you get done every year when you go for your annual evaluation. 
except genetics, we don't have to keep rechecking. It'll be a one and done. We'll check the genetics. We'll understand this person's layout. It'll be a makeup of part of their just their patient profile that when we work with them, we understand, hey, this person has a higher tendency for inflammation or this person has a higher tendency for really poor immune function. And then we start to put on our clinical hats and we start to come up with ways in which we can lower this inflammation in which we can boost this immune system. We're not there yet. And in fact, sadly, I think we're probably 20, 25 years away from this hitting mainstream medicine, if it hits mainstream medicine at all. Because the unfortunate thing is, is that there's no big pharmaceutical magic bullet that is going to treat the epigenome. The epigenome is treated by lifestyle management, by what we put into our bodies, whether it be the food or the water that we put into our bodies or uh, the supplements that we put into our bodies. And these switches, these genetic switches, can simply be controlled by modifiable risk factors that we don't need a big pharmaceutical magic bullet to fix. So it's the bottom line is this. You, we don't know where a person stands until we test. You know, if you listen to my episode last week, I told you one of my favorite mantras that you can take take to the bank every single time is test, don't guess. It's really as simple as knowing your genetics, which means knowing your modifiable risk factors or knowing your epigenome. And this, at its simplest reduction, is treating your true root causes. Now, I'm not minimizing loneliness in the least. It's a real thing. People deal with it all day long. And yes, when people get lonely, their health falls to pieces. I've seen it happen over and over and over again throughout my clinical practice career with a background in psychiatry. I've seen it play out over and over again. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? Yet now with the knowledge I have, I understand what's going on. And we can start taking care of those things. So yes, there's the epigenome, but there's the mindset work that needs to go along with it. But, oh, wait a minute. Remember the episode seven that I told you about? Mindset work actually changes the epigenome. It modifies it in a positive way. So if we're going down this negative spiral of loneliness, can we change our thinking process to change our epigenome? and? Research shows that when we do that, we actually improve our immune system and we improve our inflammatory status. It's actually stinking amazing. So it's all epigenome. It's all epigenetics. And we can control these things. You know, I get asked all the time, you know, what what kind of work can I do mindset wise other than mindfulness and meditation if I really want to ramp this up? Well, I am uh, I'm trained as a master and advanced facilitator in a modality, a treatment modality called Psych-K. Um, Psych-K is very rapid work. It works on the subconscious level. If you've heard me speak about this before, I speak about this all the time. The conscious brain processes at 40 bits per second. Okay, super, super, super slow. The subconscious brain processes at 40 million bits per second. It can solve problems like nobody's business. 
and it can move through things in a, in a positive way faster than, uh, faster than we can even imagine because it's constantly, it's solving thousands of problems at one time. And what Psyche does is it creates an alignment between the conscious brain and the subconscious brain so that they come into alignment in unity and they can work together to move through something very, very quickly. I've literally had people tell me that they accomplished in two or three sessions with Psyche K what they had not been able to accomplish in four or five years in traditional therapy modalities. Now I'm not negating the 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 place that traditional therapy modalities have. Psyche is not for everybody, but it is for people that want rapid results and they're willing to re- willing to do the work because it it is some deep work. It's very rapid, very deep work. But um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, test don't guess. Get your genetics tested so you understand where your inflammatory status is, where your immune status is. Work on mindfulness and meditation. And if you have the luxury of working with a Psyche K practitioner, work with the Psyche K practitioners to do some deep subconscious work so you can move through these problems rapidly. You know, if you're... um if you're feeling like you're not operating at your highest and best performance level, either physically or mentally, or you're curious about knowing your uh, your true root causes, your epigenetics, I would love to talk to you. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at drbriangbrown.com, or excuse me, at drbriangbrown. That's I was thinking about my website uh, and send me a message on, 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 on direct message. And I'll be glad to, you know, help you in any kind of way I can. Uh, also in the fall, I'm going to be launching another gene hack bootcamp. Uh, the previous gene hack bootcamp was a, a, a stellar success. We're currently in the middle of the gene hack accelerator. Uh, those people that wanted to go on further with us and we're where we test your genetics we teach you how to self-interpret those and how to develop your own personal lifetime blueprint of the things that you need to know as you move forward through life. Uh, so we're currently in the middle of that, but in the fall, we're going to be opening up the boot camp again. And you'll want to get on the waiting list because space is going to be limited. I can promise you that. So to get placed on the waiting list, go to drbriangbrown.com forward slash gene hack and follow the instructions there. Um, in the Gene Hack Bootcamp, using my proprietary uh, Genesis Own uh, method, um, I teach you how to know exactly which of your five optimization zones are out of balance. Now, you may be asking, what are the five optimization zones? Well, they're brain, body, sleep, energy, and immune. Um I came up with those in a proprietary way with research with my own client base since the beginning of time. I've been practicing 23 years and I went back and looked at all of that information uh, for clients, why they came to see me. And it boiled down to one of five zones, brain, body, sleep, energy, or immune. Uh, I carry you through a proprietary questionnaire. Uh, in the boot camp, we use a light version of that questionnaire because the the, the full questionnaire is quite cumbersome. Um, but we carry you through a light version of that questionnaire so you understand which of your zones is the primary zone that's out of balance. And once we understand that, then we can put on the right filter, the right lens to look through to understand where where you can start getting emotionally and physically healthy. Um, 
And once we know that, it's going to propel you to higher physical, mental, and emotional performance. Um, again, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Brian G. Brown and go to the website and reserve your spot for the next Gene Hack Bootcamp uh, at drbriangbrown.com forward slash Gene Hack. Tune in next Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time uh, for our next In the Zone segment where I'll be sharing, uh, again, the latest research and my insights about that research as it relates to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness journey. Uh, Most informed, um, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. This is Dr. Brian Brown.